that Baby Shark? Is that a metal cover of Baby Shark? Yes. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, I, I found it in... <laughs> I found it in our system, and I was like, that's good enough. You found it in our system? Yeah. Oh, so somebody else pulled that before. I unfortunately assume it was me. I mean, listen, <laughs> if you go to YouTube and just type in pretty much any song that's ever been made and metal cover, something will exist. I'm just surprised somebody else pulled it. Or I, you forgot yeah, that you yeah, pulled it. No, one there's of, a oh, bunch well, of stuff I wouldn't be surprised that you forgot you pulled it. That's one thing. Um, Ed and I are both on uh, the Colorado bandwagon yes, tonight absolutely. simply because of schedules. Yes. Because the yeah. schedule is much more friendly, not as late at night if the Golden Knights play the Minnesota yes. Wild. Uh, so, yes. Huge avalanche tonight. No Huge. avalanche. But now it's time for grades. Grainy's grades. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Grainy's grades. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Grainy's grades. God damn it, I hate Jake Fanning! The first topic to grade is the President's Trophy. Hold on a second. 100, 100. Minus. What are you doing over there? Um... I was trying to do some math on my calculator. I'm going to give it an A. A. Because if if Leonard and Flurry each get 30 grand, what would be the cap hit then? <laughs> 11 million. Regular season's over. Cap hit doesn't matter. Ah, then I got to give it a C. C. Because, you know, the only way I was giving it an A is if those guys, like, brought the cap hit down because they're both combining to make $12 million. Um, I... Uh, yeah, it's a C. It's a, I'll tell you what, it's a C for the Colorado Avalanche because they appear not to care about it. They're not starting anyone that matters tonight. The uh, interesting note that I didn't know about the President's Trophy is the team that wins the President's Trophy, all their players get a $30,000 yeah. bonus. So, like, we talk about, you know, do does a team want the President's Trophy and all that? If I was a player, yeah. Why the hell oh, wouldn't yeah. I want the $30,000? Sure. Let's go. Yeah. Let's beat the hell out of the Kings. So, like, when the Golden Knights lost to the, Av or lost the Avalanche on Monday... They, they basically lost $30,000 unless the Kings win tonight. They basically lost $30,000 in that game. So you win enough to afford an actual Honda. Yes. Yes. You can buy a Honda. Should we make it B for Banner? Because B. Don't, they, don't they get one if they win it? You hang it, right? You hang the President's Trophy Banner. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Especially when you've never done it before. Um, have you seen the actual President's Trophy, though? No. Google it. Well, is it on? Is that in Cervelli's? Um, it's not on his tweet that you. I don't think in there. so. No, just Google President's Google image search President's Trophy. Hold on, hold on. Great. It's great. it's yeah. ugly and almost like a martini glass. Oh, yeah, that's awful. It's a little confusing what's happening there, but it is not a good trophy. Like as far as trophies go, this is one of the worst trophies I've ever seen. All right, I got it. What is it? Yeah, that's is it. Wait, is there like a bowl on top of it? Yeah, it's like a yeah, it looks. Like, it is like a martini, right? Glass, it yeah. looks like a martini glass. Very confusing. The trophy itself gets an F. Wow, trophy's bad. F. Um, but the thirty thousand dollar bonus that gets an A plus. 
A plus. I'm all here for random bonuses that players are playing for. This would have been a cool trophy to win if Oscar Goodman owned the Knights and he had finally gotten the pro team. Because, hey, you know, the yeah. martini coming. He could have walked yeah. around with He could walk around with this it. thing, absolutely. Next topic to grade is the Williams Jennings Trophy. Do I need to Google that image? Yeah, it's nothing special. It's just a cup on top of some blocks of wood. Um, A. A. Marc-Andre Fleury, after 17 years and a Hall of Fame career, has won an individual award. Now he had to share it uh, with uh, Robin Leonard. Right. It's not really an individual award. It's it's the the team that allows the fewest goals. But there were years we had Fleury and Subban, and it was Fleury, but he didn't win it because they they didn't allow the fewest goals. I also give him an A because I think the Islanders had like six straight shutouts. They didn't win win it, so (laughs) something must have weird happened there. Uh, By the way, more proof that Marc-Andre Fleury is a compiler. He hasn't won an individual award in his entire career until year 17. Are you saying he's in line for the Vesna? No, that this is considered an individual award, even though it's not really an individual oh, okay. award. It's All the right. only, it's the closest thing he's gotten to an yeah. individual award because yeah. he he's won. a compiler. Well, I guess, yeah, it would have been the Jennings. I mean, Vesna's really the only individual award goalies get, right? I mean, that's kind of the individual yes. award everyone talks about. You could about. win, like, the Cons Smythe yeah, MVP of yeah, the playoffs the, or whatever. Um, or, or you the, could win the— You uh, could win the Hart MVP you, of the regular season, but that doesn't You could win the weird sportsmanship much. one. That, too. Yes. Yeah, so, compiler. Uh, I will he's give— He's not winning the sportsmanship one. But I will give—he's no. he's nominated. He was the Golden Knights nomination for it. He was this yeah. year. Yeah. He could win it. Um, he's not, he but he could. The he always punches people. It's hockey. They all punch each other. It's who punches the nicest. Um, but the <laughs> William Jennings Trophy, I'm giving it an F. F. Because why the hell does it go to the goaltenders when it's simply fewest goals allowed? If it was goaltenders, it should be highest save percentage. Well, yeah. Because it, yeah. Like, last night's a perfect example. The Golden Knights didn't allow 20 shots in the game. And a guy like Alec Martinez, who's blocked like a thousand shots, shouldn't he be right. involved in this? He should. <laughs> it's not a goal. It yeah, shouldn't he should be get like part. fewest yeah. goals allowed is not just the goaltenders. Right. Like the whole team is no. a part of that. If you did it by save percentage, yeah. that, that would no, make that's more true. Sense. I wrote that in the in the goalie storm that's coming. I said Alec Martinez should get a portion of it because right. he does nothing but block shots. Yeah, I think he led the league in block he's shots. He's probably going to miss playoff games because he just <laughs> throws his body in front of the puck. All right. <laughs> next topic: Dylan Sakura. Wish I would have watched last night. A, a scored two goals, right? He did, and Good he only job. had he only had one before that. Yes, one career goal before that. I mean, you double your double your output in one game. I'm you know, good for him. I you mean, went you went too soft. An A, it's an A plus. A okay, plus. Where, where's the A plus plus pass check? A plus plus pass check. Yeah, that's solid. That's what I thought you solid. Said. He's Is solid, solid new? Yeah, yes. we can now say S. No, you can't say S. <laughs> for solid. You can only say solid. Come on. Solid. A. No, um, good for him. But here's the fun thing. Uh, Dylan Sakura outscored the Kings and the Sharks last night. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, too. They, they I, 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 I didn't need a calculator yeah. for that <laughs> you one. Did not, you did not need to break out the calculator <laughs> for that one. All right. The next one is Alex Petrangelo. Oh. Okay. Now, I'm going to say just based on what I heard. <laughs> where he scored and that's two straight games he scored and he makes a lot of money eight million plus so to me the guy gets an a because he's a. kind of come around now i'm going to go back to you and you're going to tell me something about weird course and the guy did something no, defensively no 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 petrangelo his game he gets an a okay a. he scored his last 10 three this goals six assists but i am giving out an f f because i heard multiple times last night 
that Alex Petrangelo is getting hot at the right time, which is completely false. The right time is not the regular season. The right time is Sunday or Monday when they play a playoff game. Yeah. Peaking at the end of the regular season is a bunch of crap. It doesn't matter. You know why? If you want to say you're playing well at the right time, it's when the playoffs are here. You know why? Because there's no such thing as momentum. That too. Momentum doesn't exist. Last Especially night, when you he's play not Wednesday. carrying that over into to, Sunday. To Sunday or yeah, Monday. Exactly. He's uh, nine day playing. stretch and he's still got momentum. So those people get an F. Uh, F. Next topic is Dylan Coughlin. Incomplete. Incomplete. No clue. All right. I'm here. I'm here to give you this slash one stat. A. One stat for you on Dylan Coughlin. Slash a. <laughs> Golden Knights had 44 shots on goal last night. All right. Every single skater had a shot on goal except Dylan Coughlin. Well, then I'm, I have changed my my incomplete to an F. F. <laughs> F for Dylan yes, Coughlin. F. Come on. You're ruined that every player has a shot on goal. All right. Next topic. You got to watch this video. I already Foster watched it. I watched Moreau it yesterday. Tweeted it out. Watch it yesterday. Foster Moreau taking batting practice at uh, the Aviators yeah. ballpark. Oh, I don't care. Like, now, look, I have no idea about his baseball skills in the past. I don't know if he played anywhere. But I don't care who you are. When you hit it that far, you get an A. I, 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 people a. say, oh, it's so easy, so easy. No. I, and I like that he takes off his helmet for some reason, like he's going to jog around the bases, <laughs> which was weird. He did a little bat flip. I think he should do a better bat flip. But he watches it. He's walking, takes the helmet off. I give him an A. I don't. A. I think people are like, I could do that. It's like, ah, no, you can't. You got, the, you got the right point there, by the way. The bat flip. It's bad bat flip. Only gets a C on the bat flip. C. I'm happy he 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 gave us a little bit of a bat flip, but it didn't get above his waist. But the hit gets an A. We're not great. I'm not grading the A. Calm down over really? there. Really? I don't need to grade the hit. You graded the hit. I'm grading the bat flip. Not a good enough bat flip. <laughs> Remember that guy from the Asheville Taurus who threw it 30 feet in the air? Do you agree it's harder than people think it is? Oh, no doubt about it. Yes. I can't hit off a tee. No, it's like it's, <laughs> people like, there's no way I could do that. No, you can't. I'm impressed. Foster Moreau yeah. hit a home run. Did I think he, he went over the light standards. Right. Did he hit it on the City National <laughs> yes. Arena? He might have. Yes. Like, it's he very hit it on impressive. the junior ice house. Yes, it's very impressive. But the bat flip could have been better. All right. I'm disappointed in Foster Moreau's bat flip. And the last topic to grade, this was by request from Twitter. The Raiders three-minute-long schedule release video. Uh, oh, I got it up. The worst. Um, I'm going to say F. F. Because it's way too busy. Like, there's too much to it. Like, it's, you know, if you just said, like, one at a time, but I'm looking at it right now, I'm getting a headache. And I and there's so many logos on here, half the time I don't even know who they're playing. So I don't like it. I think they went way overboard, and it's way too busy. I think it could have been a lot simpler where you, like, announce a schedule. So I don't like it. This gets an F. F. <laughs> because they wasted three minutes to tweet out the schedule. But not only did they waste three minutes to tweet out a schedule, because... Lots of teams do this. The Broncos had one with Peyton Manning pretending to be an intern yesterday. We've seen ones. Oh, in the no, past. they did? Yeah. We've seen ones in the past where people <laughs> will like spoof TV shows to make it, you know, hip or whatever. The goal or the Raiders also get an F because F. not only did they tweet out a video to announce their schedule, the final game was announced on that video at about the two minute and 15 mark. The Chargers game? Yeah. There was a minute. On the end of this video of Charles Woodson walking into Allegiant Stadium and like giving a hype up speech to uh, people watching this video. That doesn't work. Like a minute. 
It's yeah. May. We are not going to be hyped from May until September from this video. They don't have anyone as fu- as funny as Manning. I haven't watched the Manning one, but it ha- it's better than this one. They just did. Because... They did go humor. They tried to go humor. The the Broncos did. And you have a chance with Manning. Yeah. I don't know if Charles no, Woodson was, talking for a minute about a schedule. Was, he was trying to get you pumped up about yeah. the Raiders defending Allegiant Stadium and, no. and winning and all that stuff. No. Is a minute long. I was like, I saw the schedule. Why am I still watching Charles Woodson walk yeah, around getting not... me hyped up for games that don't happen for five months? I just months. don't like like I don't like how busy that. Look at all the logos and stuff. How would you even <laughs> keep track of that? This this email or this uh, video is the definition of when a meeting could have been an email. We didn't need a video for this. Just send the email. They did send the email, but they just sent send it. the email. They sent it with the PDF. Click on the schedule. Cool. I see it. I don't need Charles Williams or Charles Woodson telling me why I need to be pumped about a game that's happening in five months. I don't need it. I don't need it. Could have been an email. It was an email, and it was much better that way. Did you watch any of the schedule show? No, on ESPN, no, no chance. I, I knew watching, the schedule at one o'clock. Why I am I watching the, the show? Knights blow out the the Sharks in a weird sort of way. I actually give the NFL credit; they could actually get through a two-hour show, and the schedule's already out. It's like I have no idea what I didn't watch it, so I have no idea what they even do. Oh, you would have enjoyed this last night. I was go, I was working three screens at one point. Oh no! Because I had the Golden Knights on, I had the Astros on, and oh. I had Lights FC on at the oh, same no. time. Yeah, what a disaster! Three screens it was going, it's going strong. It was working well. How many were a computer? So I okay. okay. I've told you before, I have upstairs I yeah, have you have two weirdness. TVs yeah. where I could put them on. My dog currently has like an eye ulcer, and he can't scratch his eye. So either he has to be in a cone or he has to sit right next to us so we can stop right. him if he tries. So I feel bad and didn't want to put him in a cone. So I stayed downstairs with him where I only have one TV. Poor me. So Astros were on my phone. No. Lights, Lights FC were on my tablet. Golden Knights were on the TV. And you had was, the worst game on the biggest screen? And I, well, yeah, but it, <laughs> yeah, it's the one that's for work, you know, whatever. And then... Was the Avalanche... The Avalanche Kings are... I got DirecTV. They're always on somewhere, the Avalanche. Would well, you right, watch that one? Uh, right now, you can get a free preview of NHL Center Ice. I did okay. not watch that one. I was, I was content to see the updates of the Kings still don't have a shot on goal. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 minutes into the game. I started my super, super legal stream, then started making dinner, came back, saw that it was like two nothing and went, I don't need to keep doing this super legal thing that I do. I'll just go ahead and let Tyler update me on Twitter. Super legal. All right. Coming up next. Will Gus Bradley actually improve the Raiders defense? We'll find out in Bischoff's briefs. Do you want to schedule a parent-teacher conference after hearing Grainy's grades? Call the Press Box voicemail and let us know. 702-720-4678 and let us know who deserves a higher grade. Bischoff's Briefs. I'm afraid we need to use math. Bischoff's Briefs. I knew I should have checked your showboating globetrotter algebra. Bischoff's Briefs. Man, I thought you knew that algebra was all razzmatazz. Bischoff's Briefs. Yes, I see. Something involving that many big words could easily destabilize time itself. But Josh Dubow had a fun tweet earlier this week. He said, average rank of Gus Bradley's defenses with Seahawks, Jaguars, and Chargers, 18th in scoring defense, 19th 
in DVOA. Average length of Paul Gunther's defenses with the Bengals before becoming the Raiders defensive coordinator, nine and a half in scoring defense, 15.8 in DVOA. And what Josh is pointing out there is that Gus Bradley, the idea that Gus Bradley will fix the Raiders defense based on his past is pretty foolish because Paul Gunther's defenses in Cincinnati were good before he became the defensive coordinator for the Raiders. But none of that matters because despite Paul Gunther having good defenses, these were his defenses ranks by DVOA the last three years, 31st, 31st, 28th. So again, Paul Gunther's defenses were 15th by DVOA before coming to Oakland slash Vegas. The average of the last three years were 30th. Like he went from having coaching an average defense in Cincinnati to coaching one of, if not the worst defense in football. Now, if you take it a little bit deeper and look at some specific stats, two things stuck out. When Gunther was in Cincinnati, his defense has averaged 34 sacks per season. His three years in Vegas, 22 sacks per season. So 12 less sacks. The interceptions dropped from Cincinnati 17 per season to 11 per season with the Raiders. So 12 less sacks, six less interceptions for Paul Gunther's defenses when he moved from Cincinnati to the Raiders. A lot of the blame for why the defense has struggled has been given to Paul Gunther's scheme being too confusing. Like we've heard that a lot that players didn't have a full off season. So they couldn't pick up his confusing scheme that Corey Littleton came over and was having too much responsibility and that he needed to be simplified. Rod Marielli took over and simplified everything. But what that sort of implies is that either a Paul Gunther changed his defense. The Paul Gunther came from Cincinnati and said, none of that worked. I'm going to change it all when he got to the Raiders, which I doubt coaches aren't like that, but more or less what it implies is that Bengals players were significantly smarter than Raiders players because the Cincinnati Bengals had an average defense under Paul Gunther schemes. The Raiders had the worst defense in football under Paul Gunther schemes. But I think where the problem comes in is it has nothing to do with the coordinators. I don't think it's because the players are dumber than the Bengals players. I think it's because the players are just worse football players. I think Paul Gunther was working. You look at last year, what? One of the three worst safeties in football in Jonathan Abram. One of the three worst cornerbacks in football in Damon Arnett. He, he didn't have a defensive back ranked higher than 80th by pro football focus, right? Their fourth overall pick as a defensive end can't get to the quarterback unless it's the Jets, right? His star free agent linebacker and Corey Littleton was graded as one of the worst tacklers at linebacker by pro football focus last year. So there's no real reason to be excited about the defense getting better because Gus Bradley is now here. There's no real reason to think a coordinator is going to make a significant difference. If you want to be excited about the defense getting better, you should be excited that a, they brought in, brought in Yanni Kangakwe and that maybe he can be the best edge rusher on this team, that they drafted Trayvon Morrig, and maybe he's legitimately a good safety from day one, that they signed Casey Hayward and Rasul Douglas and all those 17 defensive tackles, that maybe those players are better because that's the key. The players have to be better. It's not the defensive coordinator. The players have to be better players because I think the reason Gunther failed, I don't think it's because Gunther suddenly became a bad defensive coordinator. I think it's because the players that John Gruden and Mike Mayock gave him weren't good enough. And until that changes, it doesn't matter who the defensive coordinator is. I just wanted an excuse to play this sound. He's a great football player. You know, a lot of guys call it, he's a football player. 
This guy's a football player. He can play anywhere on the football field. And you got to be aware of number seven because he can ruin the game. So Gruden apparently can identify football players. He just can't get any to come in. Well, I'll, I'll totally agree on this for, for one reason. Usually these guys have played so long in, you know, they played football so long. They've seen so much tape. They've been in so many systems. It's, often really hard for them to think to think that they can't pick things up right. so it just goes to talent i mean you can't tell me like you know they're they're so you know non-football wise in terms they can't pick up a scheme or can't look on a board or can't look at film and be explained to something say this is what you need to do it's just that some do it better than others yeah right i mean so yeah it's i don't think it has anything to do with smarts at all i think you know one guy can do it a lot better than jonathan abram can i mean they both know what they're supposed to do just one guy's better Right. One's it, a football player. Yeah, he's a football player. Yeah. It comes down to the players. The scheme. Yeah. The football players. They all know the schemes. Is right. there anything that Gus Bradley's going to tell anyone in a room that's going to be so ridiculously different than anything they've ever heard? Right. No. Whoa. We're supposed oh. to cover Travis yeah, Kelsey exactly. in the I mean, end zone? It's like, come on. Like Paul Gunther never told me to cover <laughs> Travis Kelsey in the end zone. What? Like, yeah, the idea... <laughs> The idea that Bradley is going to be such an upgrade over Gunther is is kind of foolish because again, Paul Gunther's defenses in Cincinnati were perfectly they were good. fine. They were, like, good. they were they were fine defenses, and to think he suddenly forgot how to coach because he was here is a pretty foolish thing to think. Like that's yeah. not how that's not how it works. Like right. he still knows what he's doing as a coach. Yes. He just didn't have good the people, players. right? And that's what this comes down to. How much of a difference does Ngakwe make? We'll see. I mean, they're really counting on him to be like a true yes. number one edge rusher. Yes. Can he be that for a full 16 games? We'll find if he is, then it's he'll, an upgrade. he'll have a good season. And Max Crosby suddenly your number two, which for three years, I've been saying they've got to have a defense where Max Crosby is the second best edge rusher. That's their best chance to have a good defense. If Ngakwe is that, then that's a massive upgrade. If, if more good, right. You got a couple of guys in the secondary that, Maybe if they're good, the secondary is bad. It's probably still not going to be a good secondary, but if you can go from worst secondary right. in football to, <laughs> to 20th, yeah, then yeah. then that's pretty good. Yeah. And so there, that's your reason for hope. I don't think the reason for hope is, is Gus Bradley's here. I think the reason for hope is, well, maybe for once these new players will work out, but we've said that in the past. There was hope that Jonathan Abram would be a good safety from day one. There was hope that Arnett would be a good corner from day one. There was hope that, you know, they signed Corey Littleton and he'd be good. That LaMarcus Joyner, they gave him, what, $11 million a year? That he was going to, you know, solve the slot cornerback problems. And none of those have worked See, out. See, I think that permeates through all the NFL. Like, I think coaching is far more important in college. Oh, yeah. Far more. I think in the NFL, you get to that level, you're on a team. I don't care if you're, like, the worst guy in the team, whatever. You're in the NFL. You've played so long. You're good enough. I think coaching is totally overrated in that league. Not in college. Like I think someone like Saban, while he has great players, like there's a reason he like has you know, um, you know, separated himself. Let's say from the pack. I think at that level is important. In the NFL, man, there's not much you haven't seen. Yeah, it, <laughs> it probably like it. You can probably get an edge to where okay, the 10 through 20th defenses are all the same, and whoever has the best coordinator is going to end up being the 10th best defense as opposed to the 20th best defense. But when you're the 31st best defense in football, it's probably not the coordinator's right. fault. Like it's pre, you know, he's going to get fired for it, but it's probably not his fault. He's not the reason the right. defense is so bad. Hardly ever, I doubt, is it the coordinator's fault that the defense is ranked last. Not that bad, right? No, like it might be the coordinator's fault that you're 20th instead of 10th or something or or whatever. But 
if you have if you're the 31st ranked defense, no coordinator is really safe. That you just got a bad defense. All right, coming up next, Jr. Starkus joins the show. Ready for the weekend? Let's find out what's on tap. We can provide you with a wine tasting tour of Tuscany. We cannot change why you drink. It's Thirsty Thursday with Jr. Starkus. Who needs a drink? Here, on behalf of Liquor World, it's at Jr. Starkus on Twitter, Instagram, Jr. Makes Drinks, Cape Town Executive, Southern Glazer Wine Spirits in Nevada. It's our Thirsty Thursday with Jr. How are you? Good morning, gentlemen. I'm doing well. How about yourselves? Yeah, we're good. Spectacular. I'm a little freaked out from the dream thing, but uh, what do you uh, have? What do you have dreams about? Oh. Well, we know what you have dreams about that that Jara superintendent person. Like, how many times <laughs> have you dreamt about that guy where you're actually hitting him over the head with a tennis racket, not actually playing tennis with him? <laughs> Tennis racket. Well, you know, uh, you know. So, so. What does that, um, what does that mean? What does that mean? No, let's 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 not get like incriminate. Like, I, I can't believe I have to say this as often as I do during the show. No one self-incriminate. Yes, and it's not often we say this. Thank you, Jared, for being the voice. Of reason, you, know? Um, you know, for me, when I was behind the bar, I used to have weird dreams of like. You know, so when you're when you're a bartender, you you're either working usually you're working the bar or you're working the service well, right? And so when you're working the service well, you you can usually hear the ticket printer going off behind you. Um, it's the same thing for a lot of chefs when you work in the kitchen, right? Line cooks and whatnot. You hear the ticket printer printing, 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 and it, I used to have dreams of just getting buried by the ticket printer. Like you turn around and there's 50 tickets hanging off the printer and you just can't keep up. Um, so I used to have bad dreams like that. Um, and I think, you know, for me today, I don't know that I, I don't really have any other dreams other than stuff that like, I almost look at as like, they seem, they're not like your dream, Ed, they're more dreams of like, a, like a premonition of some sort. And I'm like, ah, if I say something out loud, I'm going to sound like a nut job. So I just keep it to myself. So I just keep all that stuff to myself. But every once in a while they pan out. I had a, I had a, I had a dream one time where I, I couldn't like literally there was a, I got off a vacation and we took all these pictures and, and, and I don't remember what we did with the picture. We couldn't find them anywhere. Couldn't find them anywhere. And I was like, maybe we just left them. I don't know. Like this is when you actually had printed up pictures. Right. And I couldn't find them. Couldn't find them. Couldn't find them. And then one night I had a dream that they were in my car underneath my front seat. And I was like, I'm going to go out there and look. And sure enough, that's where they were. I have no idea how they got there, but that's where they were. By the way, when's the last time you kept your opinion to yourself on anything? Have you read your own uh, Twitter? Not to. <laughs> I mean, have you read your Twitter in the last three months? I, I do not keep my opinions myself, and that's that's part of what makes me a, a special gem. Are you trying to tell us you're psychic? Uh, only partially and only some of the time. Sixty <laughs> percent of the time, it works every time. <laughs> I think you need to uh, start a new business. Jr.'s dreams will tell you your future. Yeah, well, you know, we'll we'll, we'll see. I mean, you, as long as you pay me ahead of time. And uh, there's no refunds because I cannot guarantee accuracy. I have, I do have a question for you. In the uh, liquor world, are there trophies that are given out? Like, what do these trophies look like? Because we were talking about the president's trophy and how it kind of looks like a martini glass. What kind of trophies are given out in the alcohol world? Well, there actually are. Um, there's a lot of bartending cocktail so-and-so competitions. And uh, there are trophies that go with them. Some, they're more... Sometimes they're more plaques than they are trophies, you know? That's um, no fun. Nobody wants not, a plaque. Not, nobody wants a plaque, but it's better than that, just that piece of metal, you know? Um, but uh, all it is. It's, <laughs> only when the Dodgers win it. <laughs> only when the Dodgers, just a piece of metal. Um, so there, there, there are 
plaques and stuff like that and, and certificates of whatnot, but they're, the, it's more about the prestige that comes with winning some of the events that are out there. Um, there's a lot of different brands or companies that put out um, um, these, the, you know, like Diageo has one that's um, it's called like a world class. So there's, you know, bartenders from all over the world that compete in stuff like this. I've been fortunate to compete back when I was bartending. I've competed in, in stuff like that before. And, and um, you get to meet a lot of cool people from around the world that you typically wouldn't meet because you're all meeting in one particular place and making drinks as a competition for judges that are judging your drink versus the other people. So it's pretty cool. How does one become one of the judges? Right. <laughs> well, generally it's a judge. The judging is, is uh, usually done by people who have been in the industry quite some time, and uh, their, their palates, for whatever reason, are trusted or, um, you know, they, they're generally looked at as being an influencer maybe in the industry. They're usually the ones that are chosen. Uh, because, you know, any time you do a judged event, you want the judges to have prestige, uh, so that way it brings, more, it brings more prestige to your event. And so, um, you know, a lot of the time those judges are people who are very highly respected in the industry. Um, and whether they be other bartenders or brand ambassadors or have done that before or um, bar owners, whatever the case may be, um, just basic influencers of some form or fashion. I've been in bars for 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> and he's and only 26. Oh. <laughs> uh, so it's, let's see, fruit cocktail day? What are we doing? You going to yeah, make you know, some so healthy kind of drink? No, come on, come on. Ed. Let's be realistic. <laughs> here, a piece buddy. of apple in it? What do we got? <laughs> There's berries in it, that's for sure. Right. So, no, I was, I was, I was looking around, and I happened to discover that today is, believe it or not, it's National Fruit Cocktail Day. Now I know that's not what they mean, but I'm going to take that to be any like, any way I want it to be, and I'm going to make a fruity cocktail. Okay. So, um, there's, you know, we've been on this kind of like gin kick with all the you know the new gins that are uh, that are coming out and, and this is the time of year usually january through through may uh, a lot of new products are released because they want them to be used throughout the summer it's kind of like uh, the time of year where a lot of people are, are looking for something maybe new and exciting so um you know bombay the company bombay that makes bombay sapphire bombay gin bombay sapphire east etc they have just released a new uh, gin called bombay bramble which is blackberry and raspberry gin now it's been in the UK for quite some time, and because it's very successful there, uh, it's generally the testing grounds for a lot of things. So because it was successful in the UK, they have since brought it over here. So it's a, um, a Bombay gin that has blackberries and raspberries with it and that, that are part of the uh, botanical set. Um, the gin itself is kind of like a deep purple color, so it's definitely got the color of those berries in it. Um, it's 86 proof, which is nice because a lot of the time when you start adding fruit, or something like that. The, um, the the proof drops a lot of the time, but there aren't any not necessarily. There's no additional like sugars. This is still a dry gin, um, so the proof is is a bit higher, which is great for cocktails. So I'll be using that. I'm also going to use a bit of Liquid Alchemist um, Orjat, which we've talked about a lot of times. Orjat is an almond syrup, um, and so when I give you the recipe, if almonds, if you're allergic to almonds, uh, you can use another sweetener like simple syrup. We'll, we'll do just fine in the same proportion. I'm going to use fresh lemon juice. Uh, I'm going to use a little bit of Angostura or aromatic bitters, right? Uh, you, some people know Angostura. I use Australian. Um, the bitters are kind of like a um, – it's like salt and pepper to a chef, right? You sprinkle a little bit on there. It doesn't necessarily add volume, but it brings up the flavors. That's what bitters do. Uh, and then the last bit of it is going to be the Recorderlig berry cider. I've used Recorderlig before. Uh, these are Swedish ciders. 
they, this, is, uh, this comes in at about 4.5%, and it has raspberries, strawberries, and blueberries, and it's a hard cider um, from Sweden. So it's, this does have some sweetness to it, so there's a little bit of sugar in there. Uh, it really, it's not a dry-style cider. So the drink will be served over ice, um, you know, in a, in a fun glass. You know, I'm, I'm going to use like a goblet. I use like a goblet glass that I have in my house. But if you just have a Collins glass or something, uh, that'll get the job done. You want the volume to be somewhere around 12 to 14 ounces. So the drink is made by taking a couple dashes of your bitters. You're going to add that first two to three dashes of your bitters, adding that to your mixing tin. Uh, you can add an ounce of fresh lemon juice and three-quarter ounces of the orgeat syrup. Um, like I said, if almonds are a problem, then add simple syrup in the same proportion. A lot of the time when I make these drinks, um, I'll balance out evenly proportioned the, the, the acid, the lemon juice in this case, and the sugar, the orgeat in this case. But because of the, the makeup of this cocktail, the gin uh, can be perceived as sweet, although it's not. The uh, orgeat obviously has sugar in it, and the cider has sugar in it. So I am just slightly bringing down the sugar that I'm adding, which is the orgeat. So one ounce of lemon, three quarter ounces of orgeat. It's just all part of what goes into balancing a cocktail. Uh, at this point, I can add an ounce and a half of my gin, and I want to shake all these ingredients together. I'm not adding the cider yet because naturally if you add a sparkling element to something and shake it, it's going to blow up on you. So we'll add that last. So after you shake the drink, um, you'll want to then – Add a couple, two to three ounces, I'd say, of the cider to that mixture. Fill, at this point, your goblet glass or your Collins glass with ice, and then strain that mixture with the cider that you just made. Strain it all over fresh ice and garnish it with a few blackberries or raspberries or, or whatever looks appealing to you in, in the grocery store when you're walking through the aisles. Um, it's important when, you know, I, I know we've talked about this before, but to me, it's important to understand how to work with your ice. And while there are exceptions to the rule, if you're shaking this drink, when you shake this drink with ice, you'll notice in most of my videos that I post and which I'll post on the at JR Makes Drinks after this, um, you know, I'll shake and then I'll strain over fresh ice. And the reason we do that is because I want the integrity of the cocktail to hold up as long as possible. Um, by when I shake my drink with ice, I've started that dilution process. If I, uh, I don't want to use that ice because now to me as a bartender or somebody who's making a drink, that's now used ice. A lot of people will just take that and then strain everything right into their glass. And there are certain exceptions to that rule. Obviously, you can do that, but not here. We don't want to do that here. Uh, we want to use fresh ice for the drink. That way, the integrity of the cocktail holds up longer. The drink stays colder longer, uh, doesn't dilute as quickly, and it uh, doesn't taste like it's watered down. Integrity of the cocktail sounds like something you'd get disqualified from a bartending competition for. No, it's that's 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 the one of the main key factors. You know, right, you I'm have, saying you did you like you lost the integrity of the cocktail is what I'm saying. Like that's oh, yeah, that would you be lose one the of the integrity of the cocktail. Absolutely. Yeah. So when you do a bartending competition, you're judged <laughs> on you're judged on the the look, the uh, the use of the ingredients, uh, how well you can uh, taste not only the base ingredient, usually the sponsor, right, whoever's sponsoring it. And then how the other ingredients that you're putting into a drink also come through. Um, a popular mistake that I see with a lot of young bartenders is they try to um, they try to geek out a little bit and they add things to a drink that don't add anything to the drink. So, for instance, they would say, "Hey, I put I put a quarter ounce of this in and a quarter ounce of that in," but when you taste the drink, you don't taste it. It doesn't add. It doesn't change the drink. So the question would be, why did you put it in there? If it's not doing anything for the drink. 
why did you put it in there? So you're judged on that, right? Whatever you're adding. But then at the same time, you're being judged on complexity. And at the same time, you're being judged at simplicity. So it's a very delicate balance of what can I put into this drink that is unique, that balances, that is intriguing enough, but not too geeky, but you have to taste all the ingredients, but you don't want it to be over the top. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a unique balance when you're entering these cocktails. And of course, taste, right? How does it taste? Can I drink more than one? Uh, that's usually a thing that a, any judge will ask. When they taste it, can I drink more than one? You may have a sip and say, wow, this is great. But if you can't drink more than one, then that drink does not usually finish uh, very high because you have to be able to drink. The goal is to drink more than one always. Well, you could have fooled me because I thought you were going to just put some gin with an apple, banana, orange, and some grapes. So um, I was uh, <laughs> I saw fruit cocktail, and I didn't, you know me, with the uh, alcohol. Follow me on Twitter at Jr. Starkus. You will have this up, I believe, at Instagram at Jr. Makes Drinks. Uh, Southern Glaze Wine Spirits Nevada by Liquor World. He's your supreme mixologist, Thirsty Thursdays. Take care of yourself and don't have too many dreams before we talk to you again. <laughs> Thanks, Jr. All right, guys. Talk to you soon. Thanks talk to you next week. Bye. How about I'd rather have his dreams because he it, his dreams actually tell you what to do in he life. Can tell the future. Yeah, like yeah, phenomenal. Like dream. maybe he'd like you say like dream. I don't know like lottery numbers. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, how cool would that the, be? He had a dream where he was he lost some pictures and he dreamed that he, he that showed where they were and he went and found them when he woke up. That's the most useful dream you could ever have. God, there's so much better Anything dreams Anything you than lose, mine. you just have a dream and you can find it? I don't That's have phenomenal. any dreams like that. Well, yeah, you're playing T.J. Otzelberger <laughs> in tennis with Matt Eumanns doing play-by-play. Sitting in the umpire's chair yeah. behind a VEASAN glass. Somebody's got to tell Matt Eumanns this, see if Matt Eumanns has any comments on being uh, no, in, just, A, in your dream, and no, B, just, doing play-by-play. He'll just think I'm an idiot. But, again, I, I can explain him away because he's talking about the Dodgers, so that's anything Dodgers are in my mind. <laughs> So, like, if I just start telling you how much Kershaw sucks, you'll you'll dream about me? I should have dreamt about Kershaw last night because he spent a half an inning talking to the guys from the dugout, and I did like his idea that uh, the ring is so big they could use it as a hood or ornament. That's how big his ring is when in the series. I'm not even teasing the next segment. <laughs> Get minutes in this program and, you know, to make a nice college cheer for you. This is Is there a wow. murder going on? That was awesome. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. I did not think that I would be excited for who the Pac-12 was going to name as its next commissioner. I am now. But John Wilner tweeted out, I have figured out the ID of the next Pac-12 commissioner. But I'm so shocked that quadruple confirmation is required to make sure I'm not being set up. Well, we're, we can interpret it two ways, right? Either they, the presidents, as presidents have been known to do, completely bumbled this entire thing. It's going to be someone completely outrageous that we laugh at. Or I was thinking about this because I told you this morning that Pat Forty threw out the name Oliver Luck, Andrew Luck's dad. Now, if they got him, I'm standing up and, and, and clapping for them. But it also might be John Wilner saying, it is an, it is all of luck. Why the hell does he want this job? I had to quadruple check it because I keep asking, why does this guy want this weird job? So it's one of the so two. It could be a good thing. It could be a good saying. thing. It could I be see. like he saw Oliver Luck and confirmed it. Like, uh, I'm still deciding why he wants this job. He's so surprised it's a good hire yes, yeah, that exactly. he's like, I got to quadruple check But my this. guess is, given its presidents in the Pac-12, it's the, the other part where he's saying, why did they hire this person and who is this person? Imagine making a hire. And like the main guy that breaks the news on whatever your industry is tweets out, 
I do not believe they yes. have hired this person. I am going to have to quadruple check it to make sure somebody's not setting me up for a joke. If it's not the Oliver Look angle, Luck angle of a great hire, will you and I recognize the name? Like, is it, it so bad? Uh, Wilner was either, we all know the name, or like, oh, my God, they hired that person. Or is it like, who the hell is that? Right. And he had to, like, look for it. Right. They hired, like, an like assistant who, yeah, the, no one ever heard coach of. Yeah, from Stanford exactly. to do it. Like, it's probably that one. I, I mean, what, what like, I don't, I don't know. know what if Wilner would, would go that hard if it's, like, a famous person. What would the name be that we would recognize and be like, wow, how'd they hire I, that? Yeah. Like, Dave Bliss? Like, what would that be? Like, I, I'm... Like, I mean, is there any are Ellen DeGeneres left her talk show I mean, to be the Pac-12 commissioner? Like, Art Bryles. <laughs> yeah, like, is it any chance it's Hare Thompson? Is he moving up in the world? Well, at this point, I don't know if it's a move. I mean, that, that would, would at least make sense, and you'd right. just be like, "This yeah. is a weird hire," but I mean, right. it's that, not that I don't bad. Think, I don't think Wilner's tweeting. I need to quadruple confirm that it's yeah. Craig Thompson yeah. because Thompson is a conference commissioner, yes. and, and I don't know that people think he's done a spectacular think, job. But I think it's he's saying it's not a good hire. And he didn't know who it was and had to look it up. I think, and then said, oh, my God, why did you hire that person? You know what I mean? It's like yeah. one of those. I think it's somebody that we're, that's just famous. Like, it's just going to be some actor. That's the thing. It, that's, it might be a famous person who's never had anything to do with sports. Like, that happens. Like, in baseball, like, economists now are, like, GMs. Like, they bring in someone who's never had anything to do with the sport, but you're smart in this way, so we're going to bring you in to be, like, the GM of the team. It could be one of those things where we know who the person is, but you look in the bio and, like, this guy's never been a girl, whoever it is, has never been in sports. So, Jennifer Lopez. Yes. <laughs> so, like. With Ben Affleck as that second commissioner, because we believe they're hiring That's two. right. There could be two commissioners. So, like. That's what be... they were reading about. Yes. That's why they were in the car. Are there... <laughs> Is it going to be like some former Pac-12 athlete? Like, is Reggie Bush about to get named? Is Matt Leinart leaving the nope. NFL on Fox Studio to, to me, become those, the Those wouldn't be bad enough hires. They'd be stupid hires, but they wouldn't be bad enough that you're like, I need to quadruple yeah, check this. Yeah, he wouldn't quadruple check if, those if, guys. If you got two saying Leinart's yeah, the guy, no. you say, yeah, it's Leinart. It can't be that he loves it so much he says it's a great hire, and they're so stupid they couldn't have made this hire, so I'm going to quadruple check it. It can't yeah. be that. Are we Which, sure the UNLV wants to get invited to the Pac-12? Like, are we sure they want to get invited to that conference? It's a trailer park, but it's still a step up from the one. <laughs> I think we'll right have a stronger opinion an hour from now when they announce this person. I I'll tell you what. The only the only way. Well, Sean Wil Spicer Wilner believes he knows who it is, obviously. But they announced this yesterday, and Forty and Thamel, They all wrote about it this morning. No one really knew. As much as I think the Pac-12 are a lot of buffoons, it's a shocking they've kept it secret this long. Right. Well, that, that was stuff it, that was never happened. That's the other thing Wilner tweeted was that you hope the hire is as good as it is because yeah, it's they, been a secret yeah. for so long. Maybe they're just so embarrassed we can't really say anything till 11. But I, I honestly didn't think I'd be this fascinated with who the Pac-12 would hire as a commissioner. But I mean, going into the process, is there any way you sat there and said they can do worse than Larry Scott? I mean... <laughs> Is there any chance anyone said that? And now you read Wilner's tweets like, Larry, you got to get back here and fix this thing. It's like this last UNLV season where there were some fans saying, you know, Menzies wasn't so bad. It's like, really? Maybe at I'll least... have a dream about playing racquetball with him tomorrow. Night. At least we won the cannon. Oh, man. This is going to be, it's an hour from now. It's, well, it's an hour and three minutes. It's going to be announced at 11 o'clock, so. They, we'll tweet they, about they, it they if it's someone's so, huh? eleven o'clock press conference supposedly. So it's a Zoom. Well, they they sent out an email. I got the email. Like I'm not going on it, but here's the Zoom. <laughs> Has the Pac-12 ever had a Zoom press conference? They give you the Zoom and like now there's a raise hand function. 
that if you have a question, push on the raise. I was like, we've done this for a year and a half now. <laughs> Pac-12 is really behind in things. Listen, now they're some, teaching people how to get onto a Zoom. I'll give them a break on that because a lot of media members are dumb. <laughs> I will. Still, yeah, they still don't know how to raise the hand. Figure this out during press conferences on how to raise hands or how to unmute themselves. So I'll, I'll give them a break on that. Are one. they're will... in their car driving away from oh, the stadium? Geez, yeah. Chris Matthews. I oh get, my god. I get more like uh, nervous on like the Golden Knights. Next question, Ed Green. But Garrett, I think just to mess with us, puts that unmute six seconds later. So you're pushing the thing, and like DeBoer's looking at the camera, like, why isn't this idiot talking? And like, and then if you miss it on the click, it's even longer. Oh, I hope the I media mean, relations department is sabotaging the question yes. by not letting you unmute yourself until be, be, yeah. 20 seconds. Like, yeah, yeah. Don't put that mute thing up yet. This idiot's <laughs> clicking.